Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. It's just one of those nights here on Rule of the Galaxy. Joe is in the pilot seat. I'm trying to be the second most pretentious guy on the show tonight by wearing my Luke Skywalker diff sunglasses. Um, but we've got a great group of guests. A lot of our regular co-hosts couldn't be here. Some are on vacation. Some are busy with work, kids, all that. But you know Boycotting. what? I, I went out and I recruited the best of the best. Only for our listeners do I bring this group together. We are having the first official Star Wars cage match tonight. All topics are open, and I want to hear them bring it from the, the top row, the top top rope, I guess, uh, or the top of the cage, whichever. Um, so, Rule the Galaxy. You can follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter. Email us, Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. Just follow us at Rule the Galaxy on Facebook or YouTube. You're probably going to want to see this one on YouTube because we've got sunglasses, backdrops, and everything else going on in this show. But I digress. This is chapter 129. I'm going to bring on the guests because they're more important and more funny than I am. I'm going to start in alphabetical order with my good friend from Michigan. The one and only author of Star Wars and Marvel books, Mr. Adam Bray. Howdy ho! <laughs> and Adam was on a slight delay there. Are you there with us? I am. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. And, you, and you're rocking the Cara Dune behind you there in the show, so I love it. I am my enforcer. So this is going to be a precursor. We really need to admit hey, Michigan to the no union. Fans. Yes, we do. And I'm hearing back <laughs> backdrop on somebody there. That's okay. We'll go on to the next one. We'll get everything sorted out there. All Mr. Right. Scott Rifen. How are you, Scott? Hey, I'm great, but I'm not alphabetically next. I'm a little surprised yeah. that you've come. Huh? Oh, you're going by first name? First, first name. Names. Who goes yeah. by first name? <laughs> uh, weird, pale Italian guys from Indiana. Uh. You're one of those guys that puts Aldo Nova under A in the CD store, aren't you? I guess if I ran a CD store. What are oh. CDs, by the oh, way? Yeah. Well, we no, even... see, I used to work in the music store. And I remember we hired this girl who was just, she was about as smart as a dead log. And <laughs> she started complaining about how the company doesn't do anything right. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, look, what did we got Aldo Nova and we have to put him under N. But Leonard Skinner, we have to put under L. What is wrong with these people? So... I digress. Well, I, you know what? I used to work at Musicland when, when minimum mm -hmm. wage was $3 and 15 cents an hour. Uh -huh. That was one of my first jobs. And uh, 335, I was at Camelot. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So we, we were battling each other from a distance, but we were there. Right. We were in the CD wars. Um, you remember when they changed all, all the things over from albums, the mm -hmm. sleeves and the, and the record source, you had to make the CD cases long and the CD was on top, but there's all that plastic and cardboard underneath it. Is that yep. just me, or do you guys remember that? Totally no, remember they, that. Yeah. When they when they released CDs, they had to do that so the CDs would fit in there. And then eventually, people started complaining about the waste. It's all ending up in the landfill, which of course mine never did because I kept them all because I thought okay. they were cool. That was that was the art of records back then, you know. But yeah. um, but eventually, what they did was they replaced them with those alpha cases, the security cases that were the same length. And mm -hmm. uh, we called them long boxes back in the day. I don't know what you called them. Uh, uh, there, Mr. Melinaro. Uh, I don't, I remember making $3 and 15 cents an hour. That's all I was really worried about. <laughs> Last but not least in first name, alphabetical order, uh, your friend and mine, Mr. Steve Glosson. Steve, how you doing? So many things to respond to from, <laughs> from everything that has happened here. 
Um, pretentious wise, you win because I guarantee you, you paid more for those glasses than I've paid for these. Um, second, secondly, listen, the, the immature teenage sophomore kid in me comes out when you say, what are CDs? And I want to talk about D's, you know, Uh, (laughs) since it's a star Wars podcast, I'll say D's huts. No, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. While we have been rated R previously because of some of our co-hosts dropping inappropriate language, you got to be kidding me. None of them are here tonight, so I'm okay. Mm. But um, anyway, so guys, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. I've been up and down with with health and timing. So my co-host has been running a lot of the Rule of the Galaxy shows recently. But um, I tell you what, we've had some really good ones recently with um, Mark Newbold, uh, with Jonathan Davis. He was absolutely great. Uh, the, the Star Wars narrator. Um, and then we had Jake James Lugo, who I had never met before. And he did the show with my other co-host. He is a star. Well, he's a gamer, but he does a lot of Star Wars games on YouTube. And it was very, very good to listen to those guys do that. So thanks to our recent guests who've been on there. There's been a lot going on since the last we've all spoken. I mean, I know online we've spoken and things like that, but in the world of Star Wars, um, you know, we finish up with the book of Boba Fett. I haven't talked to any of you since the actual finish of that. So if you, any of you want to hit on some of that or rehash some of that, it seems like it's way in past history because just the other day we had a great trailer for the next Star Wars big event, which is Kenobi, which I'm super excited about. I, I think I'm looking forward to that more than anything in the upcoming Star Wars world. I'll, I'll leave the floor open to you. Anybody want to hit on Book of Boba Fett and kind of encapsulate that? Or let's jump right into Kenobi and say, wow, I'm either excited, not excited, or here's what I'm excited about. Anybody? Floor is open. Well, you know, I got to talk to Adam throughout the the What If um, series that came on Disney+. Plus. And I, and I never got to talk to Adam about anything with Book of Boba Fett no. during that series. And that's my fault. I never made the, I never made the effort to do so, but Adam, you, there were a lot of times where I would notice on Twitter, especially you had a lot of really cool insight and thoughts on <laughs> what was going on, particularly when it came to the culture of Tatooine and, and stuff. I, I noticed that you were comparing a lot of what was going on to places you'd been and seen before. And so if you can call any of that to memory, I, I think it's worthy. I think that kind of stuff is podcast worthy. Actually, call all of it to memory if you would. Adam. Yeah, do it all. Every <laughs> single bit that you can Every call bit, to yes. memory, do so. Yes. Oh gosh, you know I haven't actually given Book of Boba Fett much thought since since the last episode. Um, so it's, I admit it's not fresh on my mind. Uh, I I think when it boiled down to it, I had similar thoughts with it that a lot of people did that um, my favorite two episodes were the Mandalorian season three. (laughs) And I love those episodes, but that's part of the reason why the book of Boba Fett, I think was problematic that I liked those episodes so much more than anything else that I saw in the show, including the season finale. Um, So yeah. uh, As far as uh, the culture on uh, Tatooine, I, yeah, I like that we got to see more of the Sam people, um, a, a different color of that, a different variation. You know, it reminded me a lot of the tribes uh, in Asia where I lived, how every tribe had um, different traditional clothing and a different way of weaving their baskets and, you know, different food and just different things in their lifestyle. So that was cool to see. 
Um, they mentioned, I think they mentioned several, you know, I was it seven tribes or something. Of, I don't remember if they gave it a number of the, the Tuscan Raiders. I would have liked to see more, more to that. Um, I kind of thought that at the last episode that, that Boba Fett would be the savior of the, the Tuscan Raiders and then yeah, that so they I. would all rise up from the desert and get rid of, you know, it would be the Tuscan Raiders that get rid of uh, the Pikes and that they, then they would get kind of their proper place in Tatooine and, you know, get to share in, you know, some of the, the riches and just the, the land and everything. And that this would come back into play. And the fact that they just kind of dropped it and okay, well, those are the first two chapters and we're going to keep moving and forget that ever happened. It's like, <laughs> what, what was the whole point of this? There wasn't much point of the Tuscan Raiders. It was just, it was just like a it, it, just day on the path. It, it was literally just how did he get to this point from here? And there wasn't a lot yeah. of resonance, which yeah. in, in writing, you want to, everything yeah. that's, that happens early should recur because right. it should be there for a reason. And instead it was just kind of, here's our excuse. Here's a, and, and I think they did the flashback flash forward thing because uh, I don't think either segment was compelling enough by itself right. to stand on its own. I had a lot of people say, well, yeah. why didn't they just show the, the sand people stuff and then the Tatooine stuff, you know, the rest of the, the you know, him taking over the daimyo right. and all that. Right. And I think a lot of the reason was neither was compelling enough to stand right. on its own. Mm -hmm. So they flash back, flash forward. Um, I think with a, I think with a little bit of tweaking, the sand people stuff could have been a little more compelling. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it would have taken more than an episode to get through. Mm -hmm. and, and Scott, you're the story guy. Like you're you're the guy who's like, you yeah. show, sure don't tell that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> well, and so, but you know, what, it was my major in college. But what I want to ask you about, because uh, this is this was my thing looking at it, guys, is is Boba Fett. We get all of throughout the original movies we get all of five minutes with him in the original trilogy and all mm -hmm. of, you know, tack on an extra seven or eight with, with the tack of the clones mm -hmm. and everything else that people know and love about Boba Fett come from their own imaginations or yes. from uh, supplemental materials in, in really in the old expanded universe stuff and what's now legends. And so the, the personality and the ruthlessness and even at some point the honor, you know, because of the Mandalorian aspect of it and everything, um, I, I feel like I, like I totally understood his motivation for why he was doing what he was doing, but I don't know if it was, if it was told in a way that was emotionally resonant for the audience or or super clear for the audience because I remember seeing a lot of people say he needs a death and rebirth kind of thing. I'm like, that's what the that's, Sarlacc. That's what emerging yeah. from the Sarlacc yeah. was. Yeah, that's that is exactly what it was yeah. with all of the afterbirth all over him. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I think one one of the one of the the many big problems um, was that there was no there was no contrast. There we didn't start out seeing what kind of a person he was. Uh, to contrast with his mm -hmm. journey and who he became. All of that was left to the knowledge that the viewer was already supposed to come in here with, which was mostly almost entirely based on the EU because we've mm -hmm. only had a couple minutes of him in the actual movies. Um, you know, and, yeah, and, and look, my headcanon on him was always that he was kind of a man of honor. It was just kind of a, a different sense of honor. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that you pay I, I me, and like, I'll go for it. 
Right. You know, I felt like he was he was a guy who was doing what was what was morally right based on you know who was in charge, who was running, you know, what are the morals and ethics of the day with the empire in charge. In other words, he's a lawman more or less. He's just kind of an, an off the books lawman. Right. Uh, so I always kind of in my mind, in fact, I would get frustrated. I remember getting frustrated writing a review for Echo Station, if you remember that way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a review for one of William Dietz's uh, Dark Forces novellas, and it frustrated me because he's got Boba Fett in early scene. I think it's the second one. And he's got Boba Fett in one of the early scenes, and he's hiring Boba Fett as a soldier. And I kept going, that's not, to me, that's not who he is. We've never seen evidence that he's just being hired as a, a mercenary person. Right, se. he's not a soldier of fortune. No, right. no, he goes, he goes and gets people who are in violation of the law and brings them to justice in a sense. Uh, or, or who, who, or the uh, huts who are who, the law, yeah, who a criminal, yeah, who right. someone wants you to go and kidnap <clears throat> the highest bidder. I mean, we really see that with, um, in the Mandalorian played out very well mm-hmm. in, that, in the very first episode, within the first yeah. five minutes, we see what a bounty hunter is supposed to be. Yeah. And he can be mean and he can be cruel and all that other stuff. But, but at the end of the day, he is operating on a, on a certain sense of ethics and a certain a code, code of honor. Yeah. And again, as far as Boba Fett working for the Huts, I never had a problem with his morality on that because out there they are the law. Mm-hmm. So he is literally following what the local law is, you know, following whatever the regional law is. Uh, and and for him to just kind of be hired out as a soldier for hire or whatever, that always bothered me. But yeah. so in, do you guys, sorry, I, I just no, we, we we talk about you know we've talked about in the past how. Disney spends $4 billion to, to get the name, right? To get the rights mm-hmm. to have Star Wars, to, to be able to use that and continue this, this uh, name brand, uh, this IP. And, and um, is this another one of those things where we talk about the sequel trilogy where there were some good points and bad points throughout the sequel trilogy, but it was, could this Book of Boba Fett be something like, hey, while we're working on these other things, here's some ideas. We don't have enough of them, but we can piecemeal enough together and then throw Mando back in there to 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 supplement things while we're while we're working on some other things. I mean, did it did it feel to you like it was a little thrown together like that? Because I, I did enjoy the show. It wasn't a bad show, but I think they no. could have done a lot of things a lot better. Does that make I sense? I think it was I think it was hamstrung by the pandemic. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I think they didn't get to put nearly the resources into it. And I think, it, yeah, I mean, I think I feel like it was they didn't get to put the resources into it. You didn't get the crowds that you would want. You didn't get, you know, you didn't get it kind of opened up as you would uh, normally. You know, a lot of people kept saying, I don't understand. It doesn't look big like a film. And I think a lot of that's pandemic stuff. Mm-hmm. In okay. fact, if you go see feature films now, it's funny. G-Man came to me. You guys were talking Batman when we first got on earlier mm-hmm. uh, g-man has been to see batman a couple of times and one of the things he came to me and said was this is the first time that i've seen a big movie in the theater since pandemic era where the movie didn't feel like it was made during a pandemic in other words there were large crowd scenes and people were interacting together and that kind of thing if you notice a lot of the movies that have come out to this point in the last year year and a half uh, if they weren't shot before the pandemic you don't get a lot of that and in this this show you really didn't get a ton of that that's a great point. That's a, yeah, that, yeah. Well, I think was it Adam? Was it you that said that? And 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 look, I I will say this. I enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. I didn't. I just mm-hmm. wanted to bring it bring us all back together and talk about it real quick. If if anybody else has any more comments on it, I think the next thing is, is you mentioned Adam that Kenobi looked cinematic. 
when you when you saw that trailer, right. I, I felt like it looked like a movie trailer instead of a yeah. Disney series. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but man, yeah. when I watched that series, there were different times with the music, the scenery, the feel of it. Got some goosebumps. Like I was like, "Whoa, I'm I'm kind of into this right here. I'm I'm feeling what's going on." And then you add in Obi Wan's just you could feel in his voice, you could feel in the words he was saying, the, the depth of what was going on. So looking into that, moving on from Boba Fett, where were where are you guys on this? Not only with the look of it and the feel of it, but but Kenobi coming up. Go ahead, Scott. Well, I was just going to say, do you want to move on from Boba Fett right I now? Mean, on this? No, because, no. I mean, we, and, and the reason I say that is because you're introducing the the element of it looking cinematic, yeah. and Boba Fett was lacking that. A lot of people that was yeah. a criticism, but you know that when the Mandalorian shows up and he's on Larry Niven's Ring World, <laughs> all of a sudden that thing looked incredible. Yeah, I did. mean that was the best looking episode probably of any of these series to date. Yeah, and it was just amazing, and it looked huge, and it felt huge, and you know, again. And, and you could still tell it was pandemic era because, again, the, the people sitting at the table, they're all spaced out. There's no big crowd <laughs> scenes if, unless somebody's dropped in in the background. But it it looked big and it felt big. That episode of The Mandalorian, that first one, looked like a feature film. Yeah. So, I don't I, again, why they poured it all into that episode and not the other stuff. Or maybe they yeah. poured it all into Luke mm -hmm. and they couldn't afford anything else for the rest of the season. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think they did. I think they, they budgeted the bulk. And... To be fair, Dave Filoni does this a lot with uh, Clone Wars and um, and uh, Rebels. You can really tell which which episodes of those series get the ones he get cares about. Yeah, the ones he cares about. They get <laughs> give a lot more money and a lot more effects, digital effects mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, but I think I think two two more of the big problems uh, in the the in the production and the the early putting this together. Um, I, I, I think the first one is that this suffered the same thing that uh, Darth Maul and the Clone Wars did. It's like in, in Clone Wars, they, you know, George Lucas and Dave, they wanted to bring back, um, you know, a, uh, someone like Darth Maul, but Darth Maul was dead. So they did Savage Opress and, you know, made up someone like Darth Maul, but not exactly. And uh, he was so great. They liked him so much. George Lucas is like, well, okay, well, let's go ahead and bring Darth Maul in then. So then they have to figure that out. And I think that's what happened with um, the Mandalorian is they, you know, they wanted to bring in somebody like Boba Fett, but not Boba Fett. And he did so well. Then, then Disney is like, okay, well then let's bring Boba Fett because he'd be even better. Um, yeah. But then they didn't allow themselves to tell as compelling a story with yeah. Boba Fett as they did. In fact, you know, you want to well, talk about a real story flaw mm -hmm. to me uh, part of the problem with the Boba Fett series, and again, it's like you, uh, Joe, I, I enjoyed it, but I mean, if we're going to talk about some of the issues with it, one is mm -hmm. that he is a hero who doesn't act a lot. He is, he has acted upon a lot and he has saved a lot. I mean, if he doesn't have Fennec Shand, he's dead about a thousand times. Yeah. Lactor Santon saves. I mean, everybody has to say, in fact, that should have been the name of it. Everybody saves Boba Fett. Yeah. The should book have been the name how of Boba Fett was saved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it, Boba Fett as a hero never acts like the hero. And that's, yeah. that's a frustrating thing from, you know, Steve wanted me to bring up story stuff. That to me is one of the, one of the worst elements of the storytelling in that show. The only time I, I remember him feeling like a hero was in the Mandalorian season two, when he comes down that hill and destroys everything, everything to do with the stormtroopers that's yeah. mm -hmm. the boba fett when i yeah. saw that i think 
I think we all saw that. That's what we thought. Holy cow. Yeah. That's what we're getting ready to get in the book of Boba Fett. I thought the like, whole series was going to be that. Yeah. I, I, th I think the other problem is Disney didn't have the confidence that they could go a whole year without baby Yoda. They, they, yeah. they were afraid that it just mm. wouldn't work. Yo baby Yoda is too important to every it's he's too big. They can't do without him. So they just, they took two episodes out of season three and squished them in the middle and reworked the ser Boba <laughs> Fett series to fit uh -huh. around that. Yeah, and it's that's so funny. Why, that's why the story suffered. People people kept telling me after Mandalorian season two was over, what are they going to do without him? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's the franchise. Yeah, yeah. He'll be back. If you think he won't be back, you're insane because he's selling too much merchandise right now. Right. When the merch starts to tail off, maybe we'll start talking about him going off and doing some other thing or growing up a little or something. But for right now, he's going to be a big part of all this stuff. So with, with going to Baby Yoda, that, that sticks out to me. We've discussed it on the show, and I want to get your guys' opinion. Does, does he need to talk sometime soon? Whether it's in the lifespan that he's in to equal out to what Yoda was or whether it's the show itself, do we feel like he needs to talk? Or has he been so scarred in the past that this just isn't going to happen? He's going to be a cuckoo, goo-goo, gaga kind of thing his, the whole show. I, I think I think as Scott said, from a merchandising standpoint, it really works that he maintains this cuteness about him and everything. But if you can start to build to Grogu's first words, I mean, if I may, <laughs> yep. if I may, yep. if I may go, if I may take you back to 1997, and in a little in a year prior with Sting in WCW against the NWO, <laughs> you know, here was this guy who had been this super, you know, loud, charismatic guy had been betrayed by his whole company. And so he paints himself up like into the crow, crow and yeah. yeah. And hangs out in the rafters and doesn't say a word, doesn't say a word for a year and a half, you know? And so when he's finally going to speak on the first Thursday night thunder ever, you're tuned in, you're like, Oh, he's going to be there. He's going to speak. He's going to speak. And he does. And it's like, that was kind of the buildup for that moment after the big match. But then it was like, well, what he had to say was kind of a letdown. And, uh, and it was all said and done, but I, I think the, you know, yeah, you've got, gosh, the, what, the, what did he have to say, Steve? He said, you're a dead man. He said, you've got no guts oh. and you, you're a dead man. Um, he was talking to the, uh, at the time, the general manager of WCW and then Hulk Hogan. Mm. Um, but anyhow, the, the whole thing to me is, is like, yes, at some point that kid has to, or that man, cause he's 50 years old has to has yeah. to speak unless he's been in suspended animation in that little they, egg that species they may not they may not speak till 100 you don't know i mean think about it a dog a dog they say first year they're like seven years in age but they're fully mature by a year mm -hmm. so you know we age at different rates well he's gonna have to get to a point where he's mature <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so that 900 years is actually carries the weight that it should because if 50 years old he's still a baby then 900 years really isn't that big a deal he's you know. a baby that's seen a lot though steve he has seen a lot but i'm just saying like yoda you know when he's like 900 years old you read you know, yoda yoda's age is what lends a lot of weight right. his wisdom you know so anyway as, um, as luke said you know your lifetime is different than our you know a lot of people live and yeah. die in the time you're you're gonna mm -hmm. live
So he is he is literally the definition of wizened. Yoda is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. You were yeah. gonna say something, Steve? I forget. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, let Baby Yoda talk. Let him talk. Um. Okay. So I opened the I opened the the can of worms on Kenobi. Oh, for Kenobi. And, and we, we no no no. I wanted I to took finish us backwards. that out. We needed to hit that. We need to hit those points because it brought up some very good ones. Um, where now, do you guys? Kenobi, stand? are you talking about the third series, uh, the third sister series? Isn't that <laughs> what her name oh is? My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had I had someone on Twitter say, you know, it all that's going to happen is this young lady is going to beat up Kenobi at some point in time in the show. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's I saw that and I was like. Look, let's not go down these avenues right here. Let's but it's, just, let's just but, go with it could be a good story. We could see you and McGregor again. But we do have a thing in Star Wars. It's why I loved Cara Dune so much is because she had the physicality of somebody who could beat the crap out of a guy, mm-hmm. and you can go with it. I mean, look, I okay, you got Leia doing it. Okay, fine. And then you've got Jen Erso doing it. Well, sorry, then you got Ray doing it. She's 90 pounds soaking wet. Okay, fine. Then you got Jen Erso doing it. Then you're going, oh, come on, guys, really? Uh, it, at some point, 90-pound women beating the crap out of big muscled guys is not going to resonate. And it, it was starting to wear thin with me because it was the same thing over and over again. And when Cara Dune showed up, she had this physicality about her that I went, now this I would buy. Don't this, forget yeah. Impus Nest. Don't forget a 16-year-old Oh, yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. Impus yeah. Nest, yeah. yeah. Yes, thank well, you. Then, then don't go see Batman because uh, a 90-pound a, a <laughs> pound girl, and not to be sexist in any way, she's a former. Spoiler alert, everybody. Is, she she goes in and kicks butt and takes names all the time. It's, it's but not she's about a woman. But it's not about sexism. It's the about physicality. The bag of seed I bought at Walmart today weighs more than she does. <laughs> <laughs> but she's but a cat woman. Yeah, she's in, well, she's established in her thing. And, and and in story, you can make an exception. It's just the problem is when you're, you know, again, it, it comes to the reasonable suspension of disbelief. And so when it happens and they say, well, this is why it happens, because she's trained and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But then when it happens again, you go, okay, there's another one. And, and now there's another one. And how many of them are we going to focus on? So that's why I liked Cara Dune being, you know, and now we've got another one in Obi-Wan, like you say, but I liked Cara Dune having that, that physicality. In all honesty, my biggest issue with the Kenobi trailer and everything else I really enjoyed was the look of the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, um, yeah. He is. He's from Utapau, and they've done uh, they've done the Powans well in live action. And they and I'm sorry, he doesn't have he doesn't look like Uncle Fester. His head is not no. like Uncle Fester. His head is more is no. to a cone head. And and can we and can we just established from the outset that you can have liked the trailer mm-hmm. while still finding fault with that 100 and that 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 doesn't destroy everything it's just, it's this weird dichotomy we've got in star wars fandom where you have to love everything about it and make yeah. excuses for everything right. about it or you hate everything about it and it, you know there's you can like this and not like that well, and the other thing is, is there's that good shot of the whatever brother he is walking like with the stormtroopers behind him. Zuvio brother. Yeah, he that looks like bad. I'm sorry. Look, here's the thing. The makeup so far on these characters look like bad cosplay mm-hmm. and or or really or what would be really good cosplay. But it looks like cosplay. Yeah, it doesn't look like a company who has the means and, and, and ability to really make something 
look like it is alien and, and, and not made up, not a, not a costume. And that's, and that's the thing. When you go back to Star Wars, there's very little in Star Wars that looks like a costume. Um, even, even with the cantina and, you know, in the cantina in that first, in, in that first series, in that, in the first movie, you know, some of those things are earthbound costumes, but because yes. of the way the lighting was so dim and everything right. else, it, it passed, it got a pass. Um, but there's very little, there's very few things in it, especially in the original trilogy that look like, oh, this is a costume. It, it, it looks natural. It the zippers are hidden, all that good stuff. But I'm telling you, it just. His face well, looks fake. It, it just doesn't look great. Lucasfilm is showing a little bit of a pattern of having a problem bringing the animated characters to live action. I mean, you look at the Pikes. The Pikes mm. were ter terrible. And, you know, this started in Solo. I, I'm sorry, because I, I, I love um, uh, D. Uh, who who does him in solo? So with no offense to him, it's not it's not his his fault. Um, but I'm just not keen on the way the, these the pikes have been designed, and it's it's frustrating because they were my favorite alien out of the entire Clone Wars and Rebel series oh, wow. because okay. they're so exotic. They're yeah. so they're so unlike human anatomy, you know, they don't even have the same number of fingers, you know, they've got these funny heads and their, their limbs are long, you know, much longer right. than the humans. They're very unhuman, um, but they've, they've just got humans in a, in a smock with a, a, a rubber fish head on top. And that, you know, we, we've got the greatest effects company the world has ever known. And that's all they can do. It's just, it's a bit of a travesty and they've done that with, with several other aliens as well that I can't think of off the top of my head, but um, you know, it's, they need to do better with that. Um, well, well, they've done it with the Gamorrean it, guards, the Gamorrean yeah, guards, Gamorrean are, guards are, you know, yeah. they got the dad bods going now instead mm -hmm. of just being full on. And for whatever reason, they feel like they got to go shirtless. I mean, part of the things that made the Gamorrean guards, <clears throat> excuse me. So it, so mysterious was, yeah, you could see their big old fat legs and their fat arms, but like, you didn't know what they had. You didn't know if it was a pig body. Under Some that kind shirt. of a pig body. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So, you know, well, and, and, you know, it's funny you say that because what you're talking about, a, a lot of what you're talking about with, with that look, and then, you know, again, throwing it back to book of Boba Fett as you did. Uh, sorry, Joe. Uh, is I'm, that yeah. floor's open is that the, you're, you're talking about restricting a lot of things back to earth and making them more earthbound mm -hmm. instead of having to be more exotic. And, you know, I got that same twinge when the, the biker gang, uh, showed up in that first the episode mods. of Boba Fett. No, not not the mods. Oh, the, the, okay. The, uh, yeah. the 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 K gang, the swoop right. bike gang, swoop bike. Yeah, the swoop bike gangs having jean jackets on. The jean jackets with the patches yeah. on the back, and I went, oh, what is this? Sons of Anarchy? All of a sudden, I didn't I didn't <laughs> like that. It was too earthy. I was expecting oh, I, Ron Perlman to show up, who actually looks more like hmm. an alien than some of the aliens. I went full Paul Bateman when they were doing when they were showing how they got his ship back and they went to the kitchen in Jabba's palace and everything. Mm -hmm. And there were all of those stainless steel tables like you'd find in any kitchen, sure. in any yeah. restaurant in this nation. And I'm like, you could have dressed them up. Yeah, you they're could have done something. Yeah, please, for the love of all that is good and holy, yeah, don't yeah. don't show me a pot that I can go down to Bed Bath and Beyond and buy <laughs> off the shelf. You know, like it make it look or like, show it to me, but make me think it's something else well like the tupperware yeah. cups they used in in a new hope like yeah. they they just fit that whole aesthetic they made sure yeah. that whatever they had fit the aesthetic and it didn't take you out and there are things that 
and I guess it's just me having worked in kitchens and that sort of thing. That's one of the things that I noticed in the same way that Bateman gets off on zippers and everything, but, (laughs) um, you know, well, he does, he goes off on the zippers and I, and when, and when I saw those tables, I'm like, I understand Paul Bateman. I understand exactly what he's coming from now. But in all these discussions that we're having here, Hmm. we're having these discussions because we are passionate about something that we care deeply about. Joe is so scared of people thumbs downing this video. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying. No, no. Oh, it's funny because I, you just wait till I say what I want to say. Uh, no, no, but no. I was going to say you're here Joe, for that. I know what Joe's where Joe's going with this, which is it's going to sound like it's a bitch fest when you know we do have love and passion for this stuff, and that's why we're talking about we, it in the first place. Right. Why we're, we watch only, it? we're only bringing up yeah. the negative things because we do yeah. have that passion for yeah. it, and and we're not. Yeah. It's not making us stop watching it, right? No, no. Like I'm not going to watch Ms. Marvel, but that's <laughs> wow. I have I have a lot to say about Ms. Marvel. We could go. We could go. I'm waiting on Adam. Adam I'm on Adam's thing. I want to get the thumbs down. Uh, well, I I had one of those. What do you call them? Last night, an epiphany, and <laughs> <laughs> and. I don't know how much of my epiphany I want to give away right here because it occurred to me I can write a whole article on this. And uh, uh, oh, is it, that you teased it, an article? Yeah, I, yeah you did. It's, well, give a it's, snippet. It's, it's gonna it's gonna take some it's gonna take some uh, time to put the article together because of the research involved. Um, as as far as how these things are coming and not looking great and they're looking too earthbound, um, I I think. Some of that is is budgetary because it's mm. easier just to pull pull sweaters off of Amazon like the 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 that fisherman guy. Yeah, the calamari. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, some of it, uh, it's a fear of cultural appropriation. Mm. Um, Ooh, interesting. because that's where all the best of star wars has come all the best of star wars has come from cultural appropriations Mm -hmm. um that's a good point i will move on from there uh to something related um and this may get get me in some trouble but i i think it's i think it's fair and i think it's the legitimate reason um and object i think we can talk about it objectively um I think I have a theory about why the Inquisitor ended up looking the way that he did. Um, I think it definitely applies to the the first two uh, Inquisitors. Um, maybe a little bit more of a leap to get to the Grand Inquisitor, but I think it's definitely applying to the first two. Um, what's what's the the main the lady's name? Is she like the is she like the third sister? Third yeah, sister. Second sister was Sarah Michelle Geller, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll call the third sister. <clears throat> One of the things that got me about her, since we saw her s- so much in the trailer is one of the great things about Inquisitors is they have these fancy uh, helmets. Um, even the Grand Inquisitor, if I remember correctly, he started out, we, we would see him in a helmet because I think the Lego toy has the helmet. He had um, a, It was a flight. I think he had a flight helmet. Yeah. So yeah, when we first like see him, that. he doesn't have a helmet on the first time. We okay. See him. Yeah. Um, he should have a pith a, helmet. Yeah. I, I think it's in a, a later helmet, a, a later episode. Um, but, uh, 
she she doesn't have a cool helmet. She has a mm-hmm. very boring costume. You, you know, she's very beautiful, you know, attractive lady, but the way she's presented, it's not terribly interesting. But th- that comes down to um, when your prime motivation in casting is to be uh, to have representation, um, you when you're promoting your upcoming show, you want everybody to see that representation. And that's it's that's not just with Star Wars. That's with every movie and TV show we've seen the last few years and all the promos that that's the number one thing. If the, if they've got it, they show it. And that's fine. You know, I'm I'm glad that, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the actress's name. I'm glad she's cast. I'm glad she's here. I think that's good. More power to her. And I'm rooting for her. I want her to do well. I'm happy she's here. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just stating what it is. Um, and I think that's one thing. Um, I think the the other Inquisitor, uh, the, the green guy, the, what is it, the brother, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's been, you know, in comparison to the, the grand inquisitor, there's, there's, you know, much less complaint about him, but there is some that he doesn't look like, like the character in the show. Um, and again, you know, he's an Asian actor. I don't know his name, but in terms of representation, they want everybody to see that he's there and you're not going to cover his face up with prosthetics and makeup to hide that fact to make him look like more like the animated character um and i think with 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 whenever we're they're having representation they're not going to want you're not going to want to cover people's faces up so you can't see the fact that we have representation in star wars um and i think when you have several inquisitors and several characters that are going to be like that, well, then it leads to, okay, well, so far everybody's not made up in a big way so that we can see their faces. Then you get to the grand inquisitor. Well, maybe, maybe in terms of his negotiations, contracts and stuff, he doesn't want to be his face hidden so that you can't see him when everybody else can see their face. And we know from rumors that that was a big problem with Pedro Pascal, allegedly, that he was upset that he was going through, you know, one season, maybe two seasons without his face being seen. So he supposedly negotiated Mm -hmm. to get these episodes where we could see his face. In that context, I could see where this, this, um, whatever his name, Mr. Friend, um, would he and his agent maybe they negotiated to get his face seen more not to be covered up so much and you know maybe you know maybe it's a case of that so i i think there's potentially this this domino effect okay that you know yeah there's a couple of layers to that onion i see steve salivating over this too (laughs) do you want to do you want to go first or you want me to jump in here's the thing if i am if I'm running Lucasfilm and I'm in charge of casting and I'm giving people an opportunity to be a part of something where, you know, there's going to be, there, there will be deals for licensing and that sort of thing. I'm sure. Um, the minute someone says, well, I don't really want to be under a lot of makeup and stuff because I, I want people to be able to recognize my face. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? There's someone else who will love this opportunity. We're just going to go with them. Right. Did yeah. Carrie Fisher get to say, I don't want to be a shampoo bottle where you twist my head off and pour shampoo out of my neck. <laughs> no, she didn't because they held the cards on that. 
they and they should hold the cards on the likenesses for these characters because they should they should own this stuff. Uh, there's a couple of interesting points that Adam raises. One on the representation thing. The representation thing is interesting because uh, during the show, the, the character Black Crescenton showed up, which shocked me when I first saw him because I went, holy cow, because he's a comic character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I had been reading him and Darth Vader and then over into, uh, I'm one of the five people that bought Dr. Afro. <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry, her sales are bad. I mean, uh, people yeah. try to ignore that fact, but her sales are consistently terrible. Um but there are people who want to make her happen because of representation. Uh, and what I would say is create a better, better representative character that is more enjoyable. And you will actually get some sales with a representative character. But uh, when black or came on, I saw a guy on Twitter go, it is great to have someone on screen. The rep- star Wars representation matters. And this is proof of it. It's great to have someone on screen who looks like me. And I'm like, you're not seven feet tall and hairy. <laughs> the dude looks like a Wookiee. Yeah. No, yeah. that's what I'm I saying. Gotta meet no, this guy. The guy, need to the have guy him playing show. Yeah, the guy playing Black Crescenton is black. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, so how, I is that, know. how does that even come across cares? as yeah, representation? Who cares? Yeah. This is the and, first you know, time I'm hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't and, know. You know, it, it's almost as if they would have had a scene where, you know, we've got to show the representation. So let's have a scene where uh, there's a bizarre electrolysis accident. And black Crescenton <laughs> loses all his hair so that we can see well, the they skin did, tone hey, underneath. Listen. They put that poor they put that poor Wookiee through the ringer there. In yes, that they last episode. yes, they did. Yes, they did. It wouldn't surprise me if that would have happened. And you know, honestly, I as much as I'm not a fan of the Afro comic, I would like to see that character come back again because I really Dude, liked I, the way they did him. I yeah. absolutely I love, love the look of that Wookiee. I yes. thought yeah. it looks oh, amazing yeah, and imposing. Yeah. Like to me, that's one of the best things to come out of the book of Boba Fett was that yeah. was that character. Yeah, and beautiful Wookiee. Now the action figure is upcoming is a completely yeah. other story. Oh my! Oh really? <laughs> Just not repaint, repaint no. Chewie. Yeah, oh. yeah. Black no. Chewie. It's uh, it's terrible. Let me find it. Really? Oh. It's a repaint of Chewie. That uh, it's a repaint. Yeah, because he's put got like, a whole separate, distinct look. I mean, that's yeah. and and they, I will they, tell you, they glue a new head on it. Yeah, yeah. If you have black. not, if you've not been reading the comics, he is a hundred percent comic accurate. Mm, yeah. Black Santon on Book yeah. of Boba Fett is the guy from the comics. Yeah. I have not, from the comics. I have not done any of the comics of Afro, but I did. I, I listened to the audiobook Ooh. of Doctor Afro. Oh, I, I, just, I was I, I was a little taken back by the constant the her cutesiness. talking to herself about yes. the scene. I was like, just let's just go to the scene. I mean, there's 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 yeah. the quippiness that drives me nuts about that audio, and the her quippiness at Darth Vader. Yeah, uh, and I'm just one of these guys. I'm a real Vader defender. Um, Steve probably remembers this when when uh, they were, I felt like they were treating Lucasfilm was treating Vader so poorly mm-hmm. that when they sold to Disney and everybody went, "Oh, Leia's the new Disney princess," and I went, "No, Vader's the new Disney princess," <laughs> because you know at that point they were you know the Disney <laughs> Christmas special they'd have him riding the rides and getting stood up and you know not getting his treats and you know. <laughs> being left behind by people and being too tall for the ride. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, then I go to the store break and there's dancing. Valentine's treats. Yeah. Break. Oh, the break, the break, the, the hy- hyperspace hoopla. Uh, honestly, I hate it. Should have been a death penalty type of offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, there should have been people killed over hyperspace hoopla. Um, but, but, you know, they, they would, I go to the store and they'd have Valentine cards with little cartoon Vader's, with broken hearts in their hands and all this stuff. And it just, it, it drove me nuts. So I, I, I'm, oh, I'm a I... defender of, of Vader and, and that, so it really drives me nuts when African just this little five foot two 
lady can just spit crap out at him and he just takes it. And it's just like, no, Vader would have broken her neck off and found somebody who could do something with just, with no lip. And then yeah. and then everyone would complain that Vader acted like a villain. Joe, could you make yeah, it so did. that I may share my screen? <laughs> yes. Hold Are on. you able to they do that? They did do that, didn't he? He killed that woman in the dark visions. And everybody, and everybody got mad at about him. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Vader, the cold-blooded killer, here. killed somebody in cold blood? How can that be? <laughs> All right, here we go, Scott. I want you to see this. Oh, no. Uh, I think I've shared it here. Let me see. You have. Okay. Look at uh, that. Look at that action that's, figure. That's that's weak. <laughs> and the I way mean, they, it the way looks they like a this, bad custom. Well, it, yeah, yeah it the way they did his harness, it looks like something that uh Volton would wear on yeah. Flash Gordon, Brian yeah. Blessed's yeah. character. Way too big for oh. him. Way yeah. too big. Well, it looks like a bad, forever. It looks like someone had a Road Warriors action figure from a WWF collection and painted it gold and, oh. and just dipped Chewy well, in the, some black paint. But the coloring of it's not really gold, it's more Happy Meal toy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, it's, those I have Happy pads, Meal toys that are that shade. Those shoulder those shoulder pads remind me of the one of the villains on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Am I wrong? And, now Scott, no, you're not wrong at all. It looks like mm. something Bebop or Rocksteady with there I don't know which one. Now Scott or Shredder. Now Scott, I don't I don't I'm not as familiar with the comic version Scott, but they're saying that he's supposed to be representative of the comic version. Of no, the guy on the screen yeah. in the in the mm -hmm. Boba Fett is representative of the comic version. Right. Yep. <laughs> I mean, agreed. No, I mean they look again, we were criticizing the show earlier, but there are a lot of things they got right. And yeah. Black Crescent is one of the things they got really right, right on yeah. that show. Yeah. I didn't up. even like the comics, to be honest, or, mm -hmm. or the characters in them, but I really liked him in the show. He was he was one of the highlights. Yeah, he's good. But I, I want to come back to Kenobi. I'm sorry. I want to. I, I oh, didn't mean yeah, to yeah, no. Wait, wizard and everything. I, wait, I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> go ahead. I had one more point on the thing. Well, please, Scott, go right ahead, Scott. Right. <laughs> <Franklin. laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna. I was gonna dovetail with what Adam had said mm. about the fact that most of these actors nowadays do make sure that they have FaceTime. Mm. I mean, that's a very big deal with these guys. And that is why in every superhero movie, they, none of them have their masks on by the end yeah. of it. It's mm. not because some big harrowing thing has happened. It's because <clears throat> their agent has negotiated that they get FaceTime. Yeah. Uh, and that started, that started with Spider-Man too. Let's be honest yeah. about that. That's well, why Spider-Man too. That was a reason. Yeah, that's why movie posters are just floating heads because that's in the contract too. And see mm. that the thing is, is is Scott, you mentioned it's the agents doing it. I mm. I know there's the rumors about Pedro Pascal out there, and I don't know how true they are or not. I don't have any means to know if they're true or not. I, you know, it depends on who you talk to. If I was but, Pedro Pascal, I'd be happy as a clam. That's, that's you don't have to show thing. up on set most days, mm -hmm. and then you yeah, just show you up know, for some looping, and you're let done. John Wayne's grandson stand there looking all cool in the suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with this, but I'm telling you, dude, I'm sorry if I'm Lucasfilm, here's the thing I look at. I'm like, look, you don't have to have your face on screen because star Wars fans are going to know who you are yeah. when this is all said and done. Mm -hmm. these, this is the group of fans who, hmm. you know, had to find out who all these guys that worked at ILM are. These are the, these are the fans who, who, you know, uncovered every single name and, you know, and, and, yep. and like people like, like the, the why is my mind going blank right now? But the 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 special effects guys, they can come yeah, to no. conventions oh, yeah. and have yeah. lines to see them and meet them. 
So you're telling me that someone can put on Grand Inquisitor makeup and not make some money at a convention? No, and and, and yeah, you say that. I've got a Raiders of the Lost Ark poster that is signed by Dennis Murin and Ben Burt. Thank you. Now, Dennis Murin was the name I was. I had to yeah, these guys. Yeah, that's not. But we know them. We right. love them. Right. Uh, right. It, that's one of my most treasured items, and it's in my storage unit, only under thirteen different things. And so, when you say, and when you say those names, Scott, you know yeah. what? I can picture Tingle. their faces. Yeah. I can picture oh, yeah. their faces. And so I don't need, and that's, and I think that's the thing. It, either the agents or the actors need to get through their head. But if I'm Lucasfilm, well, I say, Star Wars. Yeah. I say, oh, this is going to be a problem with you. Well, you know what? I'm sure there's some struggling actors out there who are really good. There's a that, line of people waiting for that role. I, yeah. You don't worry about it. Uh, uh, yes, it. Joe. <laughs> but overall, as Joe's I said, lost his own show. <laughs> overall, I said, this I what do I wanted. like the trailer. I, I do like. I, I would have loved to see more Ewan McGregor in the trailer, but mm -hmm. hopefully we're going to get to see a ton of him in the show. And I'm wondering, I mean, all signs are pointing to, we're going to get a Vader Obi-Wan showdown. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. I, I, I mean, I, Kathleen said it and Ewan's said it so far. I, I'm hoping it's some kind of flashback. I'm hoping flashback. Yeah. Cause I just, to me, it cheapens, it cheapens episode four. I'm sorry. I just, to me, that should be the first time they have run into each other since everything fell apart. And it's the first time they get a chance to, to go back at each other and reopen those old wounds. I, 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 I would don't want that as yeah. well. I agree. It's, I a hundred percent agree. I always thought in, in my picturing of, of revenge of the Sith is that the turn for Anakin and the battle with Obi-Wan might've been more of an act two kind of thing rather than the act three. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. once Anakin's in the suit, he and Obi-Wan have one more showdown mm -hmm. where he may let Obi-Wan kind of escape and get away. And so when he says to him on the death star, you should not have come back, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there was an idea that he did kind of know that Obi-Wan may be out there, mm -hmm. but he was just going to let him be as long as he didn't interfere with anything, you know, kind well, of deal. But there was kind of a thing of that. When he's, you know, he is here. Right. You know, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, surely he must be dead. I know, don't right. question the right. force, you know. So oh, he's I, listen, I right. I'm just saying, like, I don't yeah. think that what are we 15 years out at this point from a new hope? It, uh, it, yeah, I guess, yeah. Is uh, is, is Kenobi, no, no, we can't we can't be 15. Yeah, we can't We're be 10. 15 because Luke's still a kid. And, yeah. Right. I think it's so halfway Luke, point. Yeah. Right. But Luke, but I mean Luke's what, 19, 20? Yeah, in the, I think, I think yeah, but he's I not even 10 years. After maybe maybe 10 in this. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so when we're 10 years out from A New Hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. OK, see, to me, that's too close to A New Hope to have that yeah. showdown again. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I think that it should be, you know, they had their thing. Maybe there's a quick follow up, Steve. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. But to me, there's got to be more time. And that wound still has that wound has to stay open for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then they run into each other again. And this is I, it's tough. You know, you know what worries me? me? If they do a showdown, you know what worries me? It's going to outdo the uh, Obi-Wan Vader showdown from Star Wars. Bet, yeah. Not not just that, but they will take... You, you've seen on the internet and in the interwebs where they've redone the episode four showdown to make it all cool and Jedi-y and you know, prequel-y. Yeah, a little Yeah, yeah I, I, it worries me that they'll try to do this battle like that. Well, sure and they will. Then, and sure then you will. get the episode four yeah. battle, which again kind of cheapens that. If I mean, if they do what Steve said and do something a year after Avenger the Sith and he's on a mission or mm -hmm. something and, and it, they want to go that way, they just finish that. So a year later, they mm -hmm. should be able to do that, but not not 10 years in. 
No, yeah. not 10 years no. in. There yeah, was I, that, there was not. the, is it in the, is there an epilogue to Revenge of the Sith, the novelization where Obi-Wan's in a, like in a cantina on Tatooine and like the hollow feed comes across and, and he um, sees Bruce and Selena across the cafe, but he doesn't yeah, speak he, to them. And he just kind of nods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but like he's there and the hollow feed comes across and he sees the image of Vader and, he, and, and someone actually on the hollow feed uses the name Darth Vader and Obi-Wan realizes he did that. Anakin didn't die that, that, mm. you know, that he's out there. And, and it's a, it's like a little epilogue moment in the novelization. I think I'll look at it. Yeah. Um, it, it, to me, if you can open up there at that point, and then he's like, well, I've got to go finish this job somehow, you know, mm -hmm. and then flash forward 10 years. Yes. You know, because they love doing their flashbacks in these shows, guys. Mm -hmm. yes, they do, yeah, yes, they they do. do now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so across the board, I, I would say we're all looking for this in a positive way, right? We are all, this is one of the ones that ranks up there. We're, I'm saying Kenobi is one that we're actually like, Give it to me. I'm ready yeah. to see this with you and McGregor right yeah. now. I'm yeah. ready to see. I'm ready to see you and McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes. And and if they, but look, you know, I obviously clearly I go in with some preconceived notion, which I usually yeah. don't. But uh, you know, if they find a way to tell a story that defies that, but makes me, but 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 fits with me, that's great. You mean if they subvert your expectations? As long as it's not for the sake of subverting the expectations, yes. <laughs> but if they find a way to tell a story that is different mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and still makes sense and can make me believe it, then yeah. Yeah. I hear that Obi-Wan goes into a cave and finds a mirror and just sees uh, multiple, multiple, multiple reflections. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Does he snap, though? Heard he yeah, he does, no, he does a little salsa. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird he actually, because he doesn't like Mexican well, food. What you don't understand is that he's got light castanets. Oh, that's so. right. There, that's yeah, oh, he's got little... yeah. <laughs> we are going to take one second break because I forgot to mention this to people. So before we go on to the next topics or continue this one, one reminder to everybody, go to Etsy, type in rule the galaxy, all caps, one word, no separation, rule the galaxy, all caps. Go look at our hats, our shirts, our sweatshirts, everything like that. What? We are. Yeah. All, all one word, rule the galaxy, all capital letters. Go buy some. Go have fun. Laura Burton is taking care of us. She is putting these together and selling these for us. And, and you know what? It ain't about the money, folks. It's all about the love for Star Wars. Go check that out. So uh, that and then you guys were talking about uh, characters and, and, and getting assigned something by Dennis Muir. And, you know, I, you know, we're so excited here at Rule of the Galaxy because we're going to the ICCC April 29th through May 1st in Nashville. Uh, Ian McDermott, Anthony Daniels, Matt Lanter, J uh, Jat is going to be there, James Arnold Taylor, Ashley Eckstein, Timothy Zahn, all going to be at this event. If you get a chance, go check it out because it's going to be awesome. We're actually going to do a live podcast from there, so it's going to be fun. Um, but those are just two things that I want to remind everybody because we're, we're really excited about it. And you know what? We're going to be wearing our new Rule of the Galaxy gear at the event, all that kind of stuff. Scott's laughing at me, so that I must have done something. No. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've gone to the Etsy shop and it did some, uh, had some other suggestions that were suggestive. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't want any other suggestive things. Just all type in the rule the galaxy and i'm looking at the hat right now yeah, yeah. i don't want to know what's next scott yeah don't you don't me. want to know 
<laughs> if it doesn't look like this logo right here, you're at the wrong place. No, I'm yeah. in the right place. It's at the bottom. It's got, hey, look at this. And it's no, like, no, whoa, no. what is that? Hey, I don't run it. I got to be straight with you. All I'm seeing is a bunch of girls. Oh, there's some, oh, <laughs> personalized boxers. No, nope, not that. mine. Yes. All right. That's not us. She's got her face <laughs> right on the crotch of the boxers. Hey, I can't handle Back what's on the CDs. advertisements. Yeah. <laughs> Back to CDs. I CDs. Um, a couple, a couple different things. And and what I want to do is I want to I want to pull out some random pages from Adam Bray books yeah. here. We'll do that in a minute. Uh, I'll throw out some crazy topics here. You guys, um, Scott Rifen, you were just at Disney, correct? Yes, I was. You got to go to Galaxy's Edge. How was that? It was. It was marvelous as usual i i just you know there there was criticism of a lot of galaxy's edge but honestly i just like being there i like being in the vibe i like going around to the places i like the fact that they created a place that's totally in universe you know it is a little disappointing that they you know, because when you read about it you read about how you you know you can have a mission and you can do things and you can interact with the cast member and and to that end, I bought Cole Horton's book mm -hmm. to just kind of help myself navigate through there. And it's a great book. I recommend it. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that they talked about that you used to be able to do, you now it's now behind a paywall, a $5,000 paywall. Yeah, well, uh, we're kind of right just behind it. Um, and but, a partially empty $5,000 paywall. Yeah, well, it, yeah. you know, the, but the thing the thing was uh, in 2020, we, we went down there right when they reopened after the pandemic. And one of the things I told my, we, we stayed for 11 days at Disney World. And, um, and it did not cost $5,000 to do that. And, um, one of the things I told my wife was I would like to take a day where we just go and spend the entire day at galaxy's edge and see if we can't explore and learn things and talk to the cast. And maybe we can have one of these adventures they're talking about. Cause we, I didn't know they had just mm -hmm. not, were not doing the adventures. Um, and so we went there around the time the park opened, which I think that day was about 8am. And by two, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I've done it all. Um, so I, I like it a lot and I like hanging out there. I, I will say I can't spend 12 hours there, but uh, but it's it's a lot of I really enjoy the place. I really do. Good. I, I, I enjoyed it when I went as well. And, it was, Rise, it was fun. Yeah. Rise of the Resistance is quite possibly the greatest Disney attraction ever made. I haven't you were there. held hostage there for a little while. Those yes, we, we were held hostage by the first order. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, uh, going on to my next bullet point here. Can you believe it's been 20 years since the attack of the clones? No. I, I saw the merchandise today on the celebration page. Adam, wow, it has been 20 yeah, years. Now. It's been it 20 years. Adam, when you think about attack of the clones, what, what stands out to you about attack of the clones? I remember, boy, the, in tonight's episode, the role of, uh, of uh, Killjoy is going to be played by <laughs> author Adam Gray. <laughs> um, I, I remember it being the first Star Wars movie that I was bored in and that, and that the end looked like a, a bad cut scene in a video game. And I had, I, wow. I had, I wow. had the, the whole, the whole uh, battle sequence at the end. And that I remember having spent the last few years defending the Phantom Menace mm -hmm. and 
um, now I started to have second thoughts about that because, <laughs> because of the move. Now, that being said, um, over the, the two decades, um, I have gained an appreciation for the things in it that are good. You know, it's got it. It, it, it has a great soundtrack. Um, you it know, does. there, there's, there's incredible, the stars is great. Yeah. 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 That, that, that song, that theme is incredible. It's one of the best in star Wars. Um, it, the movie has incredible world building, um, and aliens and cultures. Um, that's probably that and the music are probably the best two things. Um, and the costumes, you know, I can complain about a lot of things in, in the, uh, in that uh, trilogy, but I can't complain about the costumes, which are all almost completely culturally appropriated. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, um, I, I have an appreciation. I think Hayden Christensen is great. Um, the, the acting is really wooden uh, in that movie, but I'm excited about him coming back. Um, I think he's a wonderful person uh, and I'm glad he's in Star Wars, but I also think the acting was wooden on, um, you know, on Ewan and um, uh, Padme there. So there you go. But I'm excited that Ewan's coming back. So, you know, there were things I didn't like, but I've grown to appreciate what's good. So there it is. Okay. Steve? Steve? Um, <clears throat> wow. Did you go to, I, is this the celebration you went to? No, we went. This is the, the Revenge of the three. Sith. Okay. Yeah, Celebration 3 is my first. Both uh, were in. Both were in Joe's backyard. Yeah, we're up in Indianapolis. Um, you know, I saw. I actually went. We drove down to Jacksonville from up in Baxley, Georgia, with my kids, my youth group at the time, to go see this movie. And it was it opening day. Um, it had to have been opening afternoon, like it, we because the theater was relatively full, but it wouldn't have been like a midnight showing. It was it was during the daytime, and um. I just remember sitting there. I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I was, uh, I, I loved getting to know Coruscant better, the nightlife of Coruscant. I, I thought that, you know, that, that one scene, particularly the chase scene, like uh, you could really like, I was thinking, wow, this is really George Lucas's love of, of, you know, hot rods and stuff coming out here and, and getting to see them do some Jedi type stuff was really neat and see yep. Anakin do some crazy, silly stuff. And, you know, I was like, I really wish we would have gotten to see more piloting, piloting out of him, um, the, the, you know, in the movie. But that's neither here nor there. The stuff on Tatooine, I had gotten a bootleg copy of the soundtrack early. I went oh. into this thing completely spoiled. I, hmm. I took advantage of every website, every spoiler, novelization. Um, I was, that's how I wanted to do this movie. And, and so we had the soundtrack, I had the soundtrack early somehow. And cause this was in the day when, if something like that leaked, you just had to know the right places and be on the right message boards, you know, to get it. And, um, and, and there is a, there's a piece of music when he's on Tatooine and, um, and, and he's going to find, it, it's that moment when he gets on the, the bike to go find mm -hmm. Shmi. Yeah. And like, At that point, they slide some Duel of the Fates in. They, right. And yep. I just thought that was so stinking cool. Like, I just remember hearing that and thinking, oh, this is so great. And and you'd listen for other things in the soundtrack at the time and, you know, to hear what was that what was coming. And then when the actual CD came out, there were four different covers. And you chose which one you wanted. And, and look, here's the thing. Or you got them all. Right. Or you got them all, which I didn't do. I didn't do. I'm not sure Scott did. Um, I did. I got the Yoda one. Here's the thing. When 
when when when Anakin and Obi Wan are down, and all of a sudden you hear the click of a cane. Mm -hmm. Our movie theater that we were in went nuts. Yeah. yeah. Like we could not hear for the next couple of lines because everyone just kind of cheered. They didn't go nuts. Let me check. Let me, they, they just cheered, you know, like, woo. well, here comes it. And they had their little talk and Yoda blocks the rocks, you know, and then he shoots the lightning and Yoda catches the lightning. And when Dooku says, it's obvious, this will not be used by force, which who our skills as a lightsaber. And he whips out and Yoda just pulls his, his, his robe back and force pulls that lightsaber into his hand. That's when the that's when our theater went nuts, and you could not hear the effect. You couldn't nope. hear anything nope. until that fight was over. Like people yep. just went nuts. And to me, and I'm even like, then, it I, took a while to die down. Like I would have paid the price of admission at that point just to go see that fight again, um, even though it was like all of thirty seconds. Yeah. But like I, I remember, like in the in all the <clears> press and stuff leading up to it, you know, Lucas George Lucas was very. He's like this is what has to work. If this doesn't work, the whole movie falls apart. And, and I'm like, well, he did it. They did it. It worked, you know, um, to the wooden acting, you know, Adam, I, I don't disagree with that at all, but what I, what really is interesting to me is when you get into episode three mm -hmm. with Hayden, he doesn't have the timber of James Earl Jones voice, but he really goes a long way to get the cadence of how Vader speaks, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> short, um kind of trailing off a little bit you know but uh, but but in almost it is wooden you know like mm -hmm. it it makes sense that this person when he's in this suit is going to sound mechanical because he already did kind of sound mechanical mm -hmm. and and that comes from you know i've i don't know there's a lot of like there's a lot of things i could do to defend hayden's acting in in episode two um but i because i feel like he was hamstrung by bad writing Mm -hmm. the, the love story just doesn't make any sense. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and so I think, mm -hmm. I think he was hamstrung there as was, right. as was Natalie Portman, yeah. because we know she's a pretty good actor. So. Yeah. So Scott, it, I, it, I don't am, know. I, am I real quick? Am I here? Did I hear correctly? They didn't really get along. Is that, is that the case? That is, did those two yeah. Not, not only, not only did they not really get along that well, from what I've read, they also, you know, the, they tried to plant the story in the media because I think, I think yeah. that was the Titanic thing was that oh, there's a real relationship there and you can see the real relationship budding on screen and you know, yeah. Well, and, those, and those online featurettes and those online featurettes they were doing on, on starwars.com leading up to it. They talked about how they were just getting along on set real good. And they showed like, they showed scenes of them like running around laughing on the set mm -hmm. together and that sort of thing, you know, <laughs> um, acting. Yeah, Acting. I'm an actor. Yeah, yeah. So there's the real deal. They were, Master they were Thespian. But Scott, I, I think I think that probably came more from Episode Three than Episode Two, though, didn't it? Because maybe they because I think I think I think Natalie Portman was really frustrated with Star Wars by the time she got to Episode yeah. Three. Right. Yeah. I bet you she's um, coming back now for the money. What do you think? Yeah. yeah um, and I don't I don't want people to think that I hate episode two or anything. No, I'm, just, I'm just I, I'm just I'm just laying it all out there. Be be I'm giving you my reaction when I first saw it. I, I'm I, trying I, to I, sync Joe's it. podcast with more negativity. <laughs> no, That's, no, but I've no, I've was, grown to love what's what some of the things that Steve is talking about. I've grown to appreciate those things I, over 20 years. And, oh, the and slave one chase, the slave mm, one Obi Wan mm, chase. Slave was one. Awesome. That's that's oh, probably yeah. the best the best scene in the movie with seismic charges. Right. I mean, yeah. just yeah. But Scott, you and I went into Phantom Menace and Attack of Cones and the different 
kind of set in these two because we were taking our young kids, right? Well, my story's a little different. Um, I I have a friend here who no, you got don't. in trouble. You don't have a friend. I do. I have a lot of friends. Um, I have a friend who got Max, in trouble. He's my friend. <laughs> you sound like Doc Hopper. I got a lot of friends. Max. Max is my friend. <laughs> oh. Oh, I can see your thousands of frogs on tiny crutches. Um, crutches. <laughs> crutches. That's um, a movie reference, everybody. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> no, I, this, I, and I, this is a friend who was uh, disciplined by the government for mm. uh, downloading and distributing a Lord of the Rings film. So, um, okay. yeah. Oh, well, listen, it got a lot gentler than when you started. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I but got really worried. We'll just go ahead and keep yeah. that person's name out. Continue. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I knew he had access to things. And so I was going to call him the Saturday before the movie came out. And he calls me and says, hey, I'm in queue because, you know, you couldn't just go and get it. You had to get in line for it in the in the on in whatever room he was in. And he's like, I'm in queue for this. You know what I'm getting. And if you want it, when I get it, if I get it, I'll let you know. And so I waited all day Saturday. This is Saturday before the Wednesday release. I waited mm -hmm. all day Saturday. And then about five o'clock in the morning, he calls me and says, I got it. I burned it to a disc for you. Come get it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was two discs because I think it was VCD format or something. But uh, I just remember going over to his house at five o'clock in the morning and him just kind of leaving it outside for me. And I took it back home. And so six o'clock Sunday morning, I watched a cam of attack of the clones before it came out. <laughs> so, but I will tell you the same thing of, you know, the Yoda moment when he gets into the saber fight with Dooku, I'm screaming, you know, there, there are two times in my life where I sat by myself in the living room of my home and watched a movie alone and accidentally woke up the entire family. One was Borat when he got into the naked fight and the other, <laughs> the other was when Yoda went nuts on Count Dooku uh, in Attack of the Clones. Uh, there is an issue with the love story. And, and look, I love George Lucas' Star Wars, and I don't slag that movie. I love that movie. I love that movie. There's a lot to love. But there's also a really easy fix for that love story. And that is, since it is the Empire Strikes Back of that trilogy... You have, and we know that assassins are trying to kill Padme. You have them chasing them and you have them fleeing the chase. And that, that rush of adrenaline, that excitement, that first off perks up the movie a little. Secondly, it makes you more forgiving of the fact that they're just suddenly falling for each other because that's how it happens in the movies. And you can um, get a little bit of like back and forth, you yes. know, that, that would you care if I got out and push kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you can get that. You can have, again, there are assassins after we know this, we established it. There's a huge chase at the beginning of it. Um, and so I, I think the easy fix for that movie is you have them continually chased until they make their way till they're captured and taken to Geonosis. And I don't think that's that tough or they're, or, you know, during the chase, maybe he goes and, you know, they take a break from the chase. There's always a break from the chase. They're going into the belly of the beast and Empire Strikes Back, you know, where they're sitting inside the, the space slug. And in Down this time. one, it would be yeah. the 
it would be the diversion to Tatooine. Hey, you know what? We can hide <laughs> out on Tatooine. It's in the middle of nowhere. Nobody will come after us on Tatooine. And also, I've been having these bad dreams about my mother. And, I need to go yes. check on her anyway. This is and a perfect been, hiding spot. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. It'll all it'll all tie in. We'll go there. And uh, to me, that's the easy fix for that movie. I did see a meme the other day where Padme's going, you know, this young boy is trying to hit on me, and I don't want to do anything at all to encourage him. So let me go to dinner dressed in this S&M outfits. <laughs> Real quick, that wasn't on Etsy, was it? What? The, the Padme <laughs> outfit was not on Etsy. Yeah, it's got the yes. Rule the Galaxy logo across, yeah. the, yeah. across the front of the box. Right across the corset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I yeah, I I like you guys. It it um it was a movie that you watched and said, okay, that was a little different than what I was expecting, but it had a lot of things in it that I liked. Um, but George told you it was going to be different at the beginning because the yeah. crawl comes up and then the camera tilts up. Up. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't tilt down, tilts up. You got four movies of tilt down, then all of a sudden you go up. But mm -hmm. that 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 20 years, like Adam mentioned, does it does alleviate a lot of yeah. the right. the pain and it makes mm -hmm. it where it's like, okay, this is part of Mm -hmm. that nostalgia that i still yeah. feel i think i think the entire sequel trilogy has aged very well mm -hmm. yeah um, especially which, with which, the addition, which trilogy prequel the, prequel the prequel trilogy yeah. i'm sorry did i say oh, sequel trilogy the yes, prequel trilogy has aged very well I especially agree. with the addition of like the clone wars and everything to kind mm -hmm. of supplement what happens yeah. in between yeah. those two movies but but and, yeah, and people like, didn't and people said at the time it would not Mm -hmm. right. because of the yeah. digital effects mm -hmm. but I, I totally agree with you on yeah. that and and yeah. i'm interested to see how well because it's now been seven years this mm -hmm. year will be seven years since the force awakens um and wow. and so i'm interested to see you know when we because i remember people started talking about mm -hmm. how well the 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 phantom menace had aged at 10 years at 10 years on they were like wow this is really kind of holding up better than we thought it would and so I'm really interested when we hit about that decade mark away in, in a few years, Lord willing, um, to see how well the, the, the sequel trilogy begins to hold up because I'm the old fogey. I don't think it will hold up as well. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't, I, I don't, you know, I think that there wasn't the, the thing that works. One of the <clears throat> things that make both of the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy work in the long run is the singular vision of George Lucas. That's one of those things. And, and that is missing from the sequel trilogy. Not, not that it's Lucas is not, not that it's not Lucas's vision, but it's not a singular vision. And, and, and that does not mean that we believe Lucas had every story beat planned out in advance right. in the trilogy. Clearly right. he did not, but it all came from the same mind. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, that's a huge difference to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you see that it, this reminds me of Steve. You're an old you're an old comics guy. Yeah, yeah. DC <laughs> Challenge. Do you remember this? Mm -mm. DC Challenge was a twelve issue miniseries, and each each issue had a separate writer and artist team. And the first issue set up the mystery, and then it ended in a cliffhanger. And then the second issue, without communicating with the first issue's team. The second creative team oh, wow. had to resolve the cliffhanger, advance the story, and then create another cliffhanger to leave behind for the other team. And then by issue 12, all the teams got together and solved the plot huh. as one. But but it, it 
the sequel trilogy reminds me of DC Challenge, where this group of guys set up something, they left a cliffhanger, and then the next guys came in and didn't really do what was set up there. But here's the, but here's the thing. In a, in a 12-issue miniseries in a comic book back in the day, you can do that as a fun stunt to sell a yes. few extra books and to tell yes. people about the creative teams that are working and that sort of thing. Hmm. When you're dealing with a multi-million dollar yeah. film and, and with a billion dollar, you know, yeah. franchise, you, you can't do no. that. No. And no. my point is it mm -hmm. should not have come off as DC challenge because right. yeah. DC challenge was kind of a lark. Yeah. And, yeah. and no, no star Wars episodic film should come off as a lark. Uh, yeah. No, no. I think it's kind of important when your successive directors like what the one before right. him did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's good if they communicate. A little yeah, bit. yeah. It's um, I'm. That's I'm a gonna, good trick. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna take us in a slightly different direction. One, I'm yes. gonna show because we have the author Adam Bray here, and this is his Star Wars Rebels: The Visual Guide. So we've got that. But because we've been going Star Wars all night and I wanted to spice it up a little bit and do something different, I'm going to pull out the Marvel Encyclopedia by Adam Bray. Ooh. And Adam, uh, first of all, you signed it and put a nice little drawing there, Captain America Shield for me because you know I'm a big mm -hmm. Cap fan. Right. From page 10 through page 410, I would like you to pick a page. We're going to open it up. Anywhere between number 10 and number 410, pick a page. We're going to open up and we're going to have a, a final discussion of the evening, not on Star hey. Wars, but on something you did right here. Joe, don't move your head. Right. Yes. Why? Because your ring light makes you look like you have giant Muppet eyes in your glasses now. <laughs> it looks like gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Scooter. Oh, hey, yeah. did you hear they're going to do an electric mayhem show on, on yes. Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and no. if they don't get Janice right, I'm walking. There you go. Agreed. 100% so, agreed. Adam, the, the fate is in your hands. You pick a number. I don't care what number it is. And I guarantee you, these two guys here are going to know, even though you wrote about it, these mm -hmm. guys are going to know somebody on one of these pages. All right. I want page 256. Wow. Okay. 256. For our listening audience, you should be a viewing member because you could see me flipping through the pages here. Is that 16 squared? Adam, while while he's flipping, like you yeah. you went to you you mentioned cultural appropriation being a yeah. real um key for some of these things. <laughs> Wouldn't it be more like inspired by these cultures and not appropriating cultures? Well, uh, that's all in your philosophy. See, I don't it's, I don't yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with cultural appropriation. No, I that's what that's, a melting pot is. Yeah. The culture, by definition, is the borrowing and assimilating of another person's ideas. You can't, one person can't have a, a culture. A culture has to have at least two people borrowing and incorporating the ideas of one to the other. That's, that's, I, I got into this, this whole philosophy of culture because of working with chim chimpanzees. They wanted to know if certain wild animals have cultures of their own because the chimpanzees did. Yeah. Yeah. They asked you that. <laughs> Well, because chimpanzees have different behaviors and one group will do something and another group will do something completely different, like hunting for food. Like they'll, mm. one group will use um, like sticks to fish for termites and termite mounds, but another group won't. But someone from this group might observe 
the other group doing it and then he'll go home and do it and all his chimps in the group will observe and then they'll all pick it up but other animals do this kind of thing too but so, so that's it's cultural it's but not instinctive look. yeah right yeah. yeah yeah it's it's completely it's it's a culture yeah. um and, but so and anyway. joseph yes you've just been canceled um <laughs> oh no come on this is educational yeah yeah. Um, I, but I, I like when Star Wars steals, I like when it culture, I mean, when, when they called, when Boba Fett called himself the daimyo, that's mm -hmm. Japanese. I yeah. loved that. And, and, and when, you know, and, and a lot of that comes from when Mando started up, I went back and read, cause I said, this looks like Lone Wolf and Cub mm -hmm. from what I yeah. remember of it. And I went back and started reading Lone Wolf and Cub, which is wonderful. Um, the podcast host <laughs> seated in his chair yeah. wanting to somehow take back the conversation <laughs> and I unable think, to i'm letting then, you finish i'm waiting for that awkward but the, pause but, the, but it never but happens Luke, but the yeah. Luke choice scene is straight out of lone wolf and cub right now, and i love that cultural appropriation can cross the line and become bad but that's yeah. when it, that's when yes. you're taking something it's when they made the movie it. soul man with c thomas yeah. Howell. that yeah. was yeah. bad cultural appropriation yeah. the you're radio host shows his knowledge fun of. <laughs> <laughs> now that's bad well, yeah. you're, no. you're taking the resources of a minority group and using exploding them, it for your own yeah yeah exploding it for yourself in a way yes. that prevents them from using yes. that resource for themselves but Those paying tribute bad. to it yeah pay, that's not inspiration yeah. no it's not bad but this is going to be the most yeah. listened to show ever <laughs> <laughs> there's people are gonna be going am i are we on cnbc what is <laughs> the pretentious fat guest rubbed his hands together in glee knowing he has caused his friend many problems okay when you said We're... fat guest i started going like wait I, uh, I didn't know if you were talking about me or not no i'm the only fat no. one here tonight on page 256 and 257 when i open it say. up there we have the new warriors nighthawk mm, yeah. and nightcrawler oh wow yeah the floor is open to you, gentlemen. Of uh, obviously, Adam, you you wrote this, so you have some background on these. Um, whether you'd like to talk about the New Warriors, Nighthawk, or Nightcrawler, or do any of them not stand out to you at all? Oh, listen. Okay, <laughs> look. <laughs> Let me just say, I I understand. Like for most people, I'm just going to say most people would be like, oh, the incredible Nightcrawler they would want to talk about Nightcrawler all day long because he's like one of those that, that people who love the X-Men is one of their favorites. Then mm -hmm. there'd be people who are like, you know, they want to show off. They'd be like, Oh yeah. Nighthawk is a pretty cool character. He's kind of a rip off of Batman and the blue Falcon. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you think me, I'm well, like, is, is Nighthawk not a squadron Supreme guy? Um, is he? I don't think so. First appearance, is he not? Avenger 71, December, 1971. Um, Okay, Former I may president be wrong on of that. Richmond Enterprises, uh, live based in New York City. Yeah, Long he's Island. like a he's Al Richmond. Like a, right, he's kind of like a a a, a Batman. No, he's a Squadron Supreme guy. Is he recruited yeah. to Squadron? Because he's the Sinister. Batman guy in Squadron Supreme. Okay, I knew he was like a Batman guy. Because right. do you remember when they did the Squadron Supreme series and they did they did it they promoted it by just showing their silhouettes. Yes, and it yes. looked like Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, oh, wait, but what? he Justice is like, League. he's meant to be like the Batman of it yeah. all, but he also has kind of a blue Falcon. If you he guys does. remember blue him Falcon. from the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, Dog um, wonder. But, 
but buddy, I, I can't help but go to, to new warriors mm. because new warriors is in my nineties, Marvel kid wheelhouse. Um, new warriors first <laughs> appeared in the pages of, of the mighty Thor as he was battling juggernaut during the acts of vengeance, uh, situation that was going on at the time. And they consisted of night thrasher, who is again, kind of a Batman ripoff. Um, he's a rich kid who wants to get vengeance on criminals everywhere and everything. And he's got like all this street armor that he wears. He rides around on a skateboard. Nova's up in that mess. Uh, Namor's cousin, Namorita, is in there to start out with. Uh, Marvel boy, Vance Astro, is a part of the team. And then one of my um, unsung heroes of, of, of Marvel legendum, uh, this guy named Speedball. Speedball. And, and Speedball New is figure. such a it's such a dumb character, man. But he's <laughs> awesome because Speedball's Speedball's ability oh, is he nice. bounces, he stores up kinetic energy, and he bounces. Like there's a great scene in the first issue of New Warriors where he's gotten to get to New York, he's got to get to the city from out in the suburbs. And so he runs and jumps in front of a train and it launches him in just the right direction like all the way into the city. It is just fantastic. I, it, it's, it's, it's absolute madness, but, um, but yeah, so I, 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 I was on board with the new warriors for about the first eight or nine issues back when, back when that kind of stuff was going on. Scott. That was that was during one of my lulls, but that that was a Tom DeFalco Ron Friends thing, if I remember right. I think I think you're which, right, Scott. Yeah. See, I, I would I would springboard that over to uh, Spider Girl because they did that together yes, as well, yep, yep, and that's yep. one of my all time favorites ever. Yep. Spider Girl because it is literally the logical extension of night ninety Spider Man, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is fantastic. But yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's where I would I would just I'm gonna sit back and let Steve talk. No, but no, I'm sorry. We're good. But at the same no. time, at the same time, in the New Warriors, they had Vance Astro, Marvel, aka I think he was calling himself Marvel Boy at the time. Mm -hmm. But he was also his future self was in the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh -huh. along uh, you know, that the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, um, you know that consisted of uh, of of those alien, those humans that had been raised on really other planets, as and that was in the future that had been ruled by the Badoon and. And and they would come back every now and again and in, into the past and and uh, and do their thing. But yeah, um, but yeah, we can talk Nightcrawler if you want to, Scott. Oh no, I'm no, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm good with all this. I, I know can, none. I, well, the thing the thing is three topics right here. It, so this is a great education. Well, and the thing for for Nightcrawler to me is just that, as you say, it's the the thing anybody would jump in and talk about. So I feel like we should probably yeah. go for the more esoteric thing. I, I would just Firestar. say Firestar was in the new warriors too. Firestar, Firestar. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Firestar, one of those rare Harley Quinn type characters who was introduced on the animated series before she was a car, a comic. She character. was Harley yeah. Quinn before Harley Quinn was Harley Quinn. That's right. Yeah. So do you have nine, that action figure, Steve. I do. It's, it's, um, it's way up there right now. I really wanted that's, her, but I didn't, didn't put the money down. That's back mm. when Iceman was straight. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he and Peter kept fighting over in the, in the, yeah. in the they didn't fight over, but there was this tension. Yes, that that is my childhood memory of Spider Man is that cartoon. So that's mm. why well, that's, I've got that's a solid memory. Yeah, I so love I that. That's on Disney Plus. I would I, I would say it. this if if right. you if you don't have this book and and I'm I'm a very distant comic fan. Like I only read a few comics so that were ones I stuck with. 
but yeah. you guys go into this and I knew if I opened up a page that you'd be able to talk about them because that is yeah. what I, that is what I like to call a bathroom book <laughs> where you can literally, you're going to sit yeah. down in the bathroom for a while. You can open it up anywhere, join it in place uh -huh. at any time. And then when it's time to close it, you can close it knowing that you'll get to come back and find some completely different goodness. Give us another number. Give us another number. All right. Um, <clears throat> you may just open randomly. No, get, let Adam pick the number. Pick a number, Adam. Why are these numbers just coming to me and I don't know what they mean? It's <laughs> three seven seven. That's that's a prime number. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Two fifty six was sixteen squared. By the way, I was three seven seven. That. Guess who we're on right here? Yeah. The mighty. Ah. Thor. Oh, what yes. a source. Wow. The mighty Thor and uh, his first appearance. Journey into mystery. Journey into Mystery, 1962, August 1962. Kirby and Kirby and Lee. I've got the uh, famous. I've got the famous cover action figure of Thor in Journey into Mystery right over here on my floor. Hold on, the eight inch. Nice. I, I, I've been really excited about that movie, but I'm starting to get scared about the next one. Love and it's Thunder. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to. I'm starting to get a little apprehensive. You, oh yeah, that, I remember that one. I remember that one being oh. on the shelves. Show enough. Yeah, I, I remember doing a uh, nice. I did a read through of the Simonson Thor last year. Man, maybe maybe year before, because uh, I had I had bought them at the time and didn't really read them. Didn't really pay attention to them. Uh, and I really am sad now because I really missed out. Although one of the interesting things I did it all on Marvel Unlimited, even though I had the issues because they're in storage and. Uh, <laughs> they recolored a lot of them. And at first I was a little annoyed because they were recolored and I was going, Oh, this is, this is modern coloring. I was looking for the, the old look and the original. And then I got past some of the recolored issues where it looked like the original coloring. And I went, wow, that new coloring really helps this out a lot. <laughs> Which we could go back to the new coloring, it, but it, uh, what a great I, run. I feel like I had, I had a big chunk of that run. I, I'm missing some comics. I have lost some comics in my move. They're in um, Scott's storage area. Because one, yeah, they must have yeah. sucked into that. Yeah. They're because under my Star my Destroyer. Favorite, one of my favorite comics I have is a Thor comic, Thor 385. And it's a, and it's a side story and it's him versus the Hulk. The cover is mm. just a white background with Thor and the Hulk kind of duking it out. And, um, and, and the whole thing goes through like, it, it's when Thor was, I think it's from a time when Thor was Donald Blake, or he might've been Eric Masterson. So I don't know, but the whole idea at one point Hulk's like Hulk taunts him. He's like, you're nothing without hammer. Cause this is green Hulk. You know, he's like Hulk smash you. And so Thor's like, fine, I'll throw the hammer away. And he chunks the hammer away. And like, he just, and Hulk, he and Hulk go at it. And then the hammer comes back in time. Cause if he's, if he's parted from it for 60 seconds or more, he, he turns back to his human form, but he gets it back just in time. And, and, and Hulk kind of like, Oh, you're going to cheat. So I'm going to leave. So Hulk just leaves in disgust. And then Thor looks around and sees all the people. And he's like, I'm just as much a monster as he is. I, I, I let the battle, the lust of battle overtake me. I can't do this anymore. And it's just a great, just slug it out battle with those two. I always love that kind of stuff in the, mm. in the comics days. Thor was one of my favorites and still is in a lot of ways. Um, I, and I really do enjoy reading the old stuff that Stan Lee was doing in journey into mystery and following, but the Walt Simonson run, if anyone wants to, Look oh, at some good Thor. Get on the Marvel Unlimited oh, app and, and go for the Walt Simonson run. It's it's and, worth and your time. You will see a lot of different things that they appropriated, not culturally, 
for the films. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of Walt Simonson's run wound up in the movies. Uh, you, you know, you still have, uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Dr. McCoy. Uh, <laughs> who's he playing in the movies? Uh, he plays the executioner. Yeah. Well, you see him running around with a, a modern weapon mm -hmm. in Asgard and that's straight out of, I mean, part of the Ragnarok storyline of Walt Simonson is they smuggled a ton of modern earth weapons into uh, mm -hmm. Valhalla to, you know, fight off the, uh, fight off uh, the, the attack in, in uh, Ragnarok. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of that stuff from Simonson's run that is there. And there's a lot of stuff that's not there yet. That is great. Like the whole beta Ray bill saga. So I I'm, I'm excited for Hulk. If they continue to mine those comics, um, I, I do worry. I think like a lot of people at becoming too jokey because I like them to be fun, but I don't want Thor to be necessarily just one giant joke. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's right. a time and a place for that. I think him with the guardians is great and he's hilarious, Yeah. yeah. but there are times when Thor needs to just be mighty. Well, and that's kind of that, you know, that's one of my things about Thor Ragnarok was as much as I enjoyed it. And I love mm. the characterization of the Hulk. Like it's the best Hulk we've ever had on screen. He's doing the Hulk smash kind of, you know, stilted talk bit that Hulk did and everything. But, um, when he, but, but there was so much humor and so much comedy in it that it's like, it really took away the weightiness of what Ragnarok is supposed to be for, for Asgard. And, um, and, and so, you know, and I, I'm, I, I still laugh at the bits like when, when, when they're on the ship and they're looking back at Asgard and, um, and Korg is like, if the foundations are strong, we can rebuild it. And then all of a sudden it blows up. He's like, I guess not. <laughs> well, and then we all, we all love Jeff Gold, Goldblum playing yes. Jeff Goldblum, oh, yeah. but only in oh, space. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, guys, I don't mean to cut it short, but yes, do. I, I could keep you guys here all night and talk. You about just comics listen, man. Way. You just started I, an episode of geek out loud. Yeah, I, right. well, that's look, what I did. I'm yeah. the guy that's got to get up early. I'm that's going what I'm saying. I know Scott, uh, we started nah, early. I'm, so I'm in the moment. Let's do it. Well, I, know I have nowhere I, to go. But <laughs> 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 we took your keys. <laughs> um, uh. So I, I'm going to hit you guys each closing thoughts on, on Star Wars, Marvel, Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi, anything we've talked about tonight. You just want to say, here's some last thoughts that I have on this before we shut it down tonight. Adam. You started this off and, and, you know, you got us canceled, but you might as well bring us back here. Resurrect us. Oh, oh, I could get you canceled even further. <laughs> you want. I mean, I, I've just started. There's more material. I, well, as, might Cara be... Dune, as Cara Dune stands over his shoulder, we're yeah. all reminded just what an evil person she is. <laughs> You 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 know it's going to be trouble when I've, I've got canceled Cara Dune over my shoulder. Um uh. <clears throat> No, um, I hope it's good. Uh, I, 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 no, I think uh, Deborah Chow, to say positive things, uh, Deborah Chow more than proved herself on uh, The Mandalorian. So yeah. I, yes. I, I believe she is a very talented, um, entirely qualified uh, director to take uh, this on. Um, and I believe that as long as she is allowed to do what she wants to do, um, and that uh, she and Dave Filoni and John Favreau are able to keep their 
brain trusts intact. As long as they're able to, to do that, it's, they're going to always do wonderful things. Um, you know, it's just a matter of do the executives, you know, allow them to keep, keep that ball and go with it where they want to. Um, ho hopefully they do. Agreed. Um, hey, real quick, before I hand over to Scott Reifen, uh, they re-released some more um, Star Wars Celebration tickets and uh, looks like they're selling pretty well again. I, I, I wish I could go this year, but mm. cannot make that trip. So nope. I forgot to talk about that earlier. But uh, Scott, thank you. Uh, uh, Adam, thank you for being on. Scott, thank you for being on. Go ahead. Yes. Hit me with some closing thoughts. Uh, my closing thought is don't be surprised if when Obi-Wan, the show debuts, uh, they have digitally tweaked the Grand Inquisitor's head yeah, yeah. to smush it and make it a little taller because they have in the past responded to fan comments mm -hmm. like that and made changes. And uh, that would be an easy tweak for yeah. them to make and it would make mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, they need to. I I could go for that. I think a lot of people could go for that. And there were plenty of people saying stuff on Twitter about it. So I'm sure they're, they're listening a little bit to that yeah. because that was the main big yeah. complaint that we did here. So fans um, have done a great job given samples of that already too. And uh, it looks, yes. it looks immensely better, <laughs> immensely. And there's no uh, reason ILM can't do that. Right. Correct. Mr. Glosson, my, my, uh, shade wearing friend. Um, <laughs> what, what about you? What say you to close up the shop? In a lot of ways, Vance Astro was the original Kamala Khan in Marvel because he was kind of a fanboy. He had the, he was a mutant and he really wanted to be an Avenger, and he tried out and didn't make it, and that's why he ended up with the New Warriors. Um, but he so he was kind of that, you know. And 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 so here's the thing: I think I think Miss Marvel is is a is a character that has a lot of fun potential if the focus of her was that she's a fangirl who loves the Avengers and gets really excited about it. I don't know why she has a captain Marvel costume um, because did anyone on earth know who captain Marvel was in the MCU ever, you know, maybe in that five years between the snap and the, and the return, I don't know. But anyhow, that has nothing either. to do with star Wars, I guess. Uh, well, but well, you know, the okay. other thing is, and my issue with that show is just that, you know, the, we've been told for the last several years that to pronounce the name Kamala in that way is racist. And now we're being told we have to pronounce it that way. Yeah. It just uh, depends on where you're from. <laughs> just depends on where you're from. Anyhow, okay. <laughs> well, uh, star Wars is good. <laughs> A cage match. <laughs> you asked for this by the way. <laughs> don't forget you asked for this. oh also by the way um oh, you oh. could spend two hundred dollars on um on Thank on, you guys. Really, on a beat up uh on a beat up vintage death star playset. Um, better playset than the book of boba fett throne room playset that that hasbro's trying to push on people and the, i saw the navarro can the navarro can selling for 50 some odd dollars and it's just a little piece of plastic with a cardboard back oh it's the same so. thing they did with the Jabba's palace back in the day yeah. just a wall yeah. and, and the rebels in the in the tantive four they call it a playset. no this is a yeah. wall <laughs> all right we've back reached the wall left. we've reached the wall i can't tell you how much i appreciate these three guys because anytime i ask them they come on anytime i ask them just interact with me about star wars uh they don't know who I am. I could be some crazy guy who burns CDs of Star Wars movies before they're legally put out of theaters, but they still come on and talk to me, and I appreciate <clears throat> that. 
um, more than you guys know. So Adam, Scott, Steve, thank you guys for coming. Blue Snaggletooth sits in his cage, staying minty fresh (laughs) for the collector who will never sell him. Mm, I didn't see him. He's up on the wall. He's on the um, he's in the just, case. So you got a blue snaggle tooth. I wish I had one. Anyway, I've got the, the first 22 on the wall. That's what I'm shooting for behind me. Yeah. I'm trying to get all this back here. But you guys are a blessing. You guys are so much fun. You guys, I can't thank you enough for the Rule of the Galaxy listeners and followers, which there might be less starting next week. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to us. And thanks for being a part of the show and all we do. I probably will take a break next week because... <laughs> I'm going to let the other crew <laughs> go in here and talk about all this stuff we talked Deal about. Deal with this. the repercussions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Behold the cleanup crew trying to make something happen. <laughs> Thank you to you guys. Rule the Galaxy. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Rule the Galaxy SW. <laughs> rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. Just Rule the Galaxy everywhere else. And until next week, may the force be with you.